Welcome to the Along the Gravel Road podcast, where we're changing the conversation around mental health. Today's guest is Meredith Laborde, and she's going to share her journey with disordered eating and what that looked like um, for her growing up and how she, you know, when, when the problem started and how it's just now when she's gone to therapy and really got help for it, that she's able to identify all the things throughout her life that have sort of led here and have, um, you know, sort of built this problem and, and how now she can take the steps to change it and, and recognize when things are coming up for her that make it worse or that trigger her. And so we're going to really get into that and should, it should be a really good conversation. Um, one of the, the things she shared with me is that it can be a lonely journey. And that's what we want people to know is that all of these journeys, um, that you're not alone in this. So I'm really excited to talk to her today and really grateful to her for sharing her story with us. Before we jump in, I do want to talk about amazing production company that is producing this podcast, Ray Media Group. If you're looking for a company that can deliver an amazing product and, and an experience, then Ray Media Group is who you need to call. They specialize in weddings, podcasts, commercials, YouTube, business promotions, and it's really been great to work with a company who strives to create um, this experience for for their clients. And so you're not just a number to them. They take the time to build these relationships. I Trust me, I know from experience, we've been working together for a little bit now, and it's been amazing. And they, they put up with me, which is a great thing. Um, so you can check out their website at raymediagroup.com. That's R-H-E-A, mediagroup.com, or give Ken a call at 225 772-7504. Now we're going to jump into it. Hello, Meredith. Hi, Chelsea. How are you? I'm good. Thank you so, so much for being here. Um, I was really glad when you reached out to talk about this topic, because just like you said, it's not something that we often talk about in like sort of, you know, a more public space, and it can feel very isolating. And so I'm, I, I'm grateful. I'm grateful that you're here to share this with our audience, because I know know so many people can connect and relate to this. So I will let you take it from here and just share a little bit about your journey with us. Uh, for starters, thank you for having me. Um, I think you're doing great work um, with the You're Not Alone project and everything because I do think, like you mentioned, any kind of mental illness is lonely. And I think mm -hmm. there are times where you just think that no one else is going through it, anything, because it looks like from the outside, everyone's ha happy and hunky-dory and it's the opposite. And I think, mm -hmm. you know, we talked about how somehow our our stories kind of overlapped of our hurt and our um, illnesses. So I think it's, I'm happy to be here. I think that's great to have the conversation and it's a great time to come on because next uh, next month I'll make two years of recovery um, of just healthy decisions and just um, giving up control. And that's something that I'll probably get into because my eating disorder was never about fitting into clothes or looking a certain way, it all came down to control and controlling what I ate and controlling my body and using my body as a source of control. So, um, you know, and through work with therapy, I've had great therapists, especially the one I have right now. And she's done a lot of good things of just showing me how to look at things and asking me the right questions. And so when I was 14, something very, I hate using the word traumatic because I feel like it kind of gets thrown around, um, but something very bizarre and just very life altering happened to me and my family at a place of worship. And it was so like, again, it was just, it was chaotic. This place was like my family, my family was involved and it directly affected my older sibling and to see her hurt and to see how my family is um, adapting. My mom was also handling her mom being sick. You know, my dad helped start this church. Everyone was just really connected to it. And 
something bizarre happened and, you know, I was 14 and I just kind of, you know, I wasn't, it's like that I wasn't a girl, not yet a woman kind of situation Mm -hmm. where, you know, you're coming of age and you just see these things that you were taught to count on and to count and to just find peace and just explode. And what I internally started doing was just not eating Mm -hmm. and, or not eating healthy. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and I think at that time you're 14 and you just think my, ex- my exposure to eating, daughter- eating disorders were either you're anorexic or you're bulimic. So you either don't eat at all or you throw up your food. Those were the knowledge that's as far as my knowledge went. And I was eating. I just wasn't eating enough because I was using my body as a, I was suppressing all of my needs and all of my wants because I just, I didn't want to give anyone anything to worry about because there were bigger problems at stake. And I don't blame my family. I don't blame my parents for anything because honestly, there is not a manual for to go through what we went through as a family. And I think that honestly made us closer Mm -hmm. to this day. Um, so I don't, I don't blame anyone for what happened. However, I was just suppressing my eat. I was suppressing my eating. I was just using control because it just felt like I couldn't grasp anything around me. Everything was changing. Things that I thought I could count on, I couldn't. And that's a young age. Um, you know, you're in high school and you just kind of think like you just didn't care about the other problems, like who likes you and who doesn't. Like you're just like, no, I just want to make sure that my family is okay. And mm-hmm. just kind of, and, but you looking back on it, like a 14 year old should have to care about who likes her and who doesn't. So it's almost like I wouldn't go to the the extremes and say I was like robbed of my adolescence, but I do think I had to grow up in a weird sense quicker than other people around me. So I started just suppressing my appetite and just kind of using um, my body as a source of control. And it really didn't take, it didn't click until I went to therapy and Um, I talk about how throughout my life, when things feel out of control, that's when things arise. And my therapist had to ask, like, when, when do you think, when was the first time you ever experienced loss of control? And it went back to 14 and it brought me back to a memory that we were visiting my grandmother in the hospital and my dad and my grandfather and I went to dinner and we went to dinner and we, um, and I went to the bathroom after, and I never normally do that. It was just bizarre. And later that evening, my mom came to me and said that my dad was alarmed that I went to the restroom after because I had been losing weight. Mm -hmm. And I remember thinking, like, because just like I said, my only knowledge of an eating disorder was anorexia or bulimia, and I wasn't throwing up then. And I was eating. So I was like, no, I don't have one. I'm fine. Like, Mm -hmm. and again, don't worry about me. Like, I'm good. We have bigger things to worry about. So And throughout my life, it just has come things with, um, you know, just I had a really bad breakup in college. And I just remember feeling loss of control because it came out of nowhere. So I took to partying and I took to not treating my body correctly. And then whether it was abusing it or just not treating it well. And then um, then like you kind of we kind of talked about this when we were doing our pre chat that you know, symptoms come like, it's like in a horror movie when it's like the fog Mm -hmm. and it's like, oh, something's coming. Like, so symptoms come because late in 2015, um, this is kind of like where you've just grown to know yourself and just to kind of look for symptoms. I was losing my job because I was working in politics and the governor was switching at the time. I was losing my roommate because she was getting married. I was losing my apartment because I just need, I didn't have a roommate anymore. So it was all these 
loss of like, oh God, oh God, oh God, I don't know what to do. I Things that I was holding on to so tightly, I'm having to let go and I don't know what to do. And I just remember I was dating this guy at the time and I called him and I was like, I didn't eat today. And like that to me was a big step of vulnerability because it also was asking for accountability. It was like, hey, this is me like, I'm, I'm seeing the signs and I, this, it, you think it goes away. Mm-hmm. You think it went away and it didn't go away. And I remember he just goes, it's fine. You'll eat tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And so then you feel alone because you're like, this is the only way I know how to tell someone like, hey, something's going on. And it was just quickly dismissed by someone who was supposed to be this person who cared about me and whatnot. And so you just isolate. And I just remember I was in weddings at that time. So you're just fixated on your body because you have to fit into a bridesmaid's dress and you have to fit. And then you're also like, you're about to lose your job. So you have to hold on to money because you're like, oh, I'm just going to skip dinner tonight and I'm just going to eat a big breakfast tomorrow. Like you kind of, all the things of control of what you just try to do. So, and I think, you know, at that time, um, that I wanted to be in one field. I wanted to do this one thing with my life and God just did not have that plan for me. And I was very stubborn. And so basically for the past five years of fundraising, I just was never satisfied. And I really feel like that was the five years that I just, I felt a loss of control. So I was abusing my body, whether by not eating or, um, just hurting my body and I don't want to say anything that triggers anyone. So yeah. I'm just going to say I hurt my body and I did that for five years and it just, it's, it was, it was lonely. And I think, um, we kind of talk about how, you know, we, and it's funny cause I was telling people I had it. I eventually I worked with a therapist and I went to her and we did some work and, um, she made me take this test about, like the symptoms and like what I do. And I just remember being like, whatever, like, yes, yes, no, like whatever. And at the end it was, you have an eating disorder. And I remember mm-hmm. I think about you cause you talk about your story about how it didn't click until you had it in writing. And mine was when I took this test, it was like, Oh, and like, cause you think you spend all this time that you're like, Oh, it's all in my head. It's like, it's not really a big deal. Like, cause again, I'm eating, but not eating enough. And it, you just think it's all about control and you just think that you're doing, you just, I think there's the victim comp, like you're like, it's not like, it's not a big deal. You're just being dramatic. And then when Mm -hmm. she put that in front of me, it was like, Oh, like this is a big deal. So I've been working with it. But, um, again, I've just been going to therapy. I've been doing the work and just, um, so I'm happy to say that you know, next week, I mean, next month, I'm two years clean. Yeah, that's amazing. Um, So you were talking about in in 2015, that that moment you were starting to realize, obviously, that you were um, that you were experiencing all these things that were you knew were going to lead up to some unhealthy getting back into unhealthy habits. At that time, had you gone to therapy and started that process? Or was it not? I I went to therapy after I started my fundraising job. Um, because I remember, um, you, it's like a weird thing because you just start to know your body and you're like, I probably need to seek help. Mm. Like I don't, like I could recognize, like I didn't have energy and I didn't, but I would work out cause it would always be about like, um, I had at one point, I, I guess you could kind of, I, cause I did all the research, um, 
like it was anorexia nervosa where you just counted everything where it was Mm -hmm. like, okay, well I didn't move today. So I'm only going to have a hundred, like I'm not going to eat a lot because I just stayed in bed. And it was like, that's not normal. And it took a therapist to be like, Hey, babies don't do anything, but we still feed them. Mm -hmm. They still need nutrients. Like you need nutrients. So it was just kind of like, um, just, I recognized it and I had to go to a therapist. I saw one, um, I've been through like four <laughs> and mm-hmm. some of them are good. Some of them, um, weren't best. I, I told you about the one who, um, encouraged, um, throwing up after Thanksgiving dinner. Cause people do it all the time. And I don't, that's not healthy. So if you're listening to this, that's not healthy. And I really hope she didn't tell a lot of people that, um, especially people who have a history of hurting their bodies. Um, but it took, it took me a while to find a good therapist and probably until 2018, 2019 is when I found a good one. But, um, yeah. So to answer your question. Yeah. And I think even just knowing that, knowing that a ther- a trained therapist yeah. said that to you, which obviously should not never have happened. Yeah. And I'm sorry that they said that yeah. to you. And I also hope that they're not saying that to you. But that really speaks to the fact that it is something that not a ton of people understand, Mm -hmm. you know, and and probably don't have the training. Because I know, like, for me, it's not like something that we – it's not one of the – issues that you talk about in in school yeah you, you know don't talk about it and then when I because I knew I needed to get help like even just looking for resources in Baton Rouge there are none mm-hmm. and you just have to be like hope this girl can help me click and you go and you're like it's kind of like dating uh you're just like okay we're not a match so you have to go find the other one and then just um making sure that it, it, you find the right fit and mm-hmm. I, I've been really lucky because I had a really good one and she um, got pregnant, so she referred me to who I see now. And she's done amazing work. And I've talked to you. Like, she's um, – I do want to say, and I don't know if this is the part of the podcast to say it, that, you know, for a long time I just thought I was taking care of it and I thought I was doing it. And I went to therapy and I thought I thought therapy was going to fix all my problems. And mm. it, I think it's a weird journey of therapy because you, you go and you let it all out and you're just kind of like, okay, great, now you have the tools – like fix me and therapy is not that therapy is okay. Like how can we work together to work through what you're going through? So, um, I think, you know, and I talk about how, you know, I guess it was what 2018 that, yeah, it was 2018. Cause unfortunately something else happened that year that really spiked the eating disorder as well. Mm-hmm. And I just kind of wasn't acting. I was kind of acting reckless. Um, and you know, you just, cause you, you're losing control and you don't know how to gain control and it just becomes a spiral and it just, it's lonely. And, um, but I was, I just knew, but I, like I told people I had one. So I thought like I was doing the work, I was being honest and I was being vulnerable and I was mm-hmm. telling people, but I wasn't really like, it wasn't until like, you know, you, you do that for so long and you're like, why don't I feel better? Mm-hmm. Why am I not seeing result? Like why, do I just keep going back to therapy and it's like the same session over and over. And then, you know, I think with my own growth, I just kind of, you know, I went to another therapist and I just said like, so what do I need to do? Like I couldn't take the risk. Like I, I couldn't put the responsibility on my therapist anymore to do the work for me. It was like, Hey, I'm done. I don't want to do this anymore. I'm tired. Like, and I think it took to ask, Hey, I, 
like, I'm so glad my therapist made me look at my life and say, hey, when's the first time you ever felt like you were losing control? Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, when I was 14 and this church did X, Y, and Z to my family. And it was like, and then that memory came back and it was like, oh, I think I've been doing this for a long time and I didn't know it. So it was like, but me asking the questions of like, hey, I want to get down to the, I want to get down to this. I want to know what I need to do. And, you know, she's done things. And I told you, like, there was something that happened in my life. And I kind of treat it as like, let's just get it over with. And that phrase has come up in other areas of my life where she was like, when's the last time you said that? And I was like, oh, I hadn't handled that. So really kind of going to the therapist and doing the work of, you know, just like, just doing the work. I couldn't rely on them to be my savior it was like hey you have to take some responsibility it's just kind of like dating when you're just dating all the wrong people probably because you're hurt Mm -hmm. and you're just looking for other people to just because you're bored and you're hurt and you just need distractions because you're losing control and but you have to look at that common denominator and it's like it's always you Mm -hmm. not saying that they were great they were just (laughs) but I wasn't great either and it was like hey let's go do some work on you so having to ask those hard questions with your therapist to say why do I keep doing this like what's going on and getting down to the core of it has been I've been I feel like in the last two years because I haven't hurt myself or like you know and I've reframed how I look at eating and healthy and exercise and all that um, I am careful about what I consume, like whether it's like on Instagram, I don't follow, I'm sorry, I don't follow the Kardashians. I don't yeah. follow people who promote unhealthy lifestyles or like unreachable, like unattainable things. I can't, I just can't. And I think it's great with people. I think it's great that they're putting their art out there. Mm-hmm. I just can't do it. And I think, you know, I, I exercise now and I go where I have to like fuel my body and give my body like all the nutrients or else I'm going to pass out and I can't, I don't want to do that. So just kind of having to work with my therapists of just saying to be self-aware and to do the practices and to, to want to to really not just put a bandaid on things, but to actually heal the scars. Yeah. 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 And so you, you, you talk about this idea of control, but Mm -hmm. it wasn't until all your life going through this, you never knew that that's what you were looking for until you were able to look back and then really dive in and see like, oh, this wasn't about, you know, what, what it actually was. This Mm -hmm. was about control. And we talked about this at a certain point, this thing that you thought you had control Mm -hmm. over was now controlling you. And so, and that's when it's, that's when yes. we can't do this anymore. Cause you, and it like affected my work and it was like, it was affecting my, like, just like, I was, I'm sorry to anyone who knew me at that time <laughs> in my life because it was, I probably wasn't great to be around. Like it was just, or like you're masking. So you just almost mm-hmm. feel like you were lying to people for a good part of your life. Like I think about, and I hope it's okay to talk about, like you and I didn't talk for a while, but I also think because looking at your growth and knowing my growth, we were just hurting. And we didn't know how to talk to each other about it because it was like, because again, you feel alone and you feel, and this is, I didn't, I wasn't going to talk about it, but I'm going to, like, you feel unlovable. Like you feel damaged and you feel like, so you, so I think both of us, like you search for these people to comfort you and they are terrible people. (laughs) If you look at our dating records and it's (laughs) like, we, we, we just wanted, you feel unlovable. You feel like no one's like half the time. You're like, 
taking care of me is exhausting. Mm -hmm. Like, how could I expect someone else to take care of me? Because I like, they're not going to want someone who can't even grocery shop like a normal person or normal, like you just realize all these things about how this sickness does affect you that no one else. Like I, I talked about how one time I went, it was during the pandemic and my coworker and I went to the grocery store at lunch because we didn't know what the day was going to bring. And she just could effortlessly put things in her cart. Mm. And it's something that like you don't think, cause I, I live alone. I am, I do a lot of things alone. So doing things with other people is sometimes like, Oh, that must be so nice to just grab like cereal where I looked at cereal for probably five minutes to be like, what is going to be the one brand that doesn't make me like hate myself if I eat this at the wrong time. And again, it was control. And at mm. that time I was not hurting myself or doing anything, but I was seeking control in other ways. So it was kind of like, you know, for this big time period, I was suppressing, it was like a high. I kind of compare it to an addiction because you just knew it was going to be a quick fix. So Mm. you just go and do it and then you're like, okay, fine. And then you, but then you have to sit in the shame of like, you, you know, you shouldn't be doing this, but you don't know what else to do. So there was a time between 2019 to 2020 where I did go a whole year and I just remember that year was really hard because it was the pandemic I hated my job I was doing all these things and normally what I would do to release I couldn't do anymore so you have Mm -hmm. to sit in it Mm -hmm. and you have to feel it and you have to go through it and it's hard when you especially know that there was a quick fix and now you're like but you don't don't go back there don't go back there and it was like a and talked about this in the blog post one time it was I had I went to Europe and it was an up and down experience. And if you want to ask, I'll tell you about it another time. Um, but I just remember sitting on the plane and I just wanted a release so bad because I was I was so confused. I had no com- I had no control. Mm. And I just remember saying, just get to August. If you get to August, you like you have something to work for. So that's kind of how I looked at goals. But because of that, I had to sit in a lot of uncomfortable situations in life, the pandemic and things like just, you know, everyone lost control then. And I remember my therapist saying the fact that you went through this and didn't relapse is something to be proud of. And I just remember being like, oh, you're right. She's like, all the things that you were feeling, it would have been so easy for you to go back to your old ways and do, do what I did. And I didn't. And I'm so proud of that time, but it's, you're lonely and it's just, you feel like, who would want me. And and I'm going to say this, and I feel like this is a safe space that I'm very spiritual. And I just kind of, you know, the reason why I'm on a two year journey is because two years ago, I really did just say, God, I can't do this anymore. And I just don't, I want, I want to do the work and I want to do things. And it hasn't been easy because we talked about how, because we didn't have that one thing. It came out like, again, last year, I lost my grandfather and grief does crazy things to you. And you were, and I realized I was doing some behaviors and it was like, wait, this is just that, but it's coming out in another way and it doesn't go away. Like it doesn't, Mm -hmm. I think we talked about how it just must be so nice for people who don't have these problems. Cause it's like, what do you mean? You just go to bed and your brain doesn't race. Like, what do you mean? (laughs) Like, what is that? Yeah. It's like, Oh, you can just go into the grocery store and put things in your bag and not Mm -hmm. have to worry about like, and again, I think 
uh, this is again, my ADD brain, but I live alone. So everything I have in my house, I have to eat. Mm. And it's like, I don't want to have, I, I bake every Friday and I bring them to my coworkers at Banana Republic because I'm like, get them out of my house. I can't mm-hmm. have them all here. But it's like, you do these things where you are alone, but you, you have to be careful. Cause it's like, it's only me who has to eat this. It's only me who has to. So that's why I like bake gluten-free and dairy-free because it's, I know that's my form of control to be like, well, at least you're going to eat all these. Like if you eat all these, at least they're healthy and you don't Mm -hmm. have to feel guilty. First of all, I hope there's a day where we can just eat things and not feel guilty because you ate gluten. I do have like an allergy though. So it makes sense, but it's just kind of like learning to teach my body. Like, Hey, food is fuel. Food can be good for you. Food is fun for you. Food doesn't have to be this terrible thing and you know and I was also on medication from the time that I was 10 to 22 and it suppressed my appetite and so I just feel like I was never I never saw a healthy way to live life I mean to eat Mm -hmm. with food because I mean my mom will tell you I would just eat at 10 o'clock at night and she was just happy I was eating right you know she was like she's eating so that's great I'm not going to tell her that she probably shouldn't eat at 10 o'clock at night Mm -hmm. so it's just you know I never had structure really and just and then I found structure and I just only wanted structure that when I didn't have structure, I just lost it. And mm-hmm. I'm sorry, I'm just talking. I don't know if I'm you're making doing, any sense. You're doing great. No, I, and like what I really grasp onto there and can connect with there is like this idea of sitting in the uncomfortableness is that's like what and even in our last guest talked about like the only way out of it is through yeah and you really do have to be able to get through those points in healing in order to come out the other side and even there's not really there's not really another side you know you are always sort of going through this and you know for me it looks a little bit different with like the anxiety and the depression but a lot of it is is so so intertwined and so all these issues that we're all sort of experiencing whether it's um you know eating or addiction or depression all of these things like at the end of the day we are so like we that's where we can come together on because like we are all going through this and we're just sitting through those uncomfortable moments and doing this like work to get us there and it is so hard it is so so hard and to say like a one day at a time like I can get if I can get through this and to even find ways that knowing that ideally you will get to a place where you're not feeling this guilt but what can I do now that's going to be a healthy way for me to have some of this control but that still allows me to be healthy and that yeah. still allows me to start accepting myself and I start accepting that I don't need to have this control. Yeah. Um, so like, where do you, where do you find yourself at now with like those coping strategies or what are you doing when you're starting to recognize signs of like, Oh, this is a moment of anxiety. This is, I feel like I'm losing control. What are some of the steps that you're taking now? So, um, had an anxiety attack the same week that I had an anxiety attack last year this year Mm. and it was it was so funny because I went to a golf lesson and um, I was going to Ireland I was going to play golf there so I was like let me just squeeze one lesson in before I go and I had been going I met my work goals like I've been hustling for like four months and I was just going 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 and all of a sudden it was just like oh I get to go breathe and I hadn't been able to breathe for a while. And then mm. I just remember I was stressed and I was just trying to have control over things. And I just remember my golf instructor was like, you stressed out a little bit? Mm. And I was like, no. <laughs> I'm like, no, I'm on vacation. Like, what happened? <laughs> he's like, okay, well, like, 
you're not moving your body like you should be and like whatever. And he's like, you sure? And I was like, yeah, I'm fine. Mm. And I remember like, it's like, okay, well, I'm going to have a scheduled cry. Me and my friend have what we call scheduled cries. I'm, like, I'm going to have a scheduled cry tonight. Well, it didn't even make it to tonight because as I was leaving my lesson, like walking to my car, I just cried and it was anxiety and like anxiety just does the things of just taking all of your fears and just telling them to you. Like, and again, I, I'm very, I'm happy where I am with my life. And, but it's like, it was telling me you're going to be alone forever mm-hmm. and you're never going to do this. You're going to have a terrible time in Ireland, just like you had a terrible time in London and just like all these things. And, um, and normally I knew it was, and it's like a thing where you're like, God, we have, we've come so far since we've had one of these. And it's just like, up, oh, it's, it's, we just got to go through it. And you talk about mm-hmm. how, you know, my, my therapist did teach me like, you know, don't stay there. You just got to go through it. And mm-hmm. I just remember crying and I was driving to my parents' house and I was just, I, t- I gave myself one Taylor Swift song to listen to. I'm not going to wallow. It's just, you have to get out, like, but don't suppress it, like mm-hmm. feel the things, but also, and this is something that, you know, I'm spiritual and it teaches you like those, those things are from like the enemy, those, those lies and everything they're from the enemy to try to distract you and to make you not see your worth and to not know like who you are as a person, as a child of God. And like you just, and because of I've taken time to grow my spiritual faith and to grow like with my worth and to recognize who God has created me to be, that has also helped with my anxiety because it's like when those thoughts come in, you're like, that's not real. Mm-hmm. Those, um, I follow this account and they're called the shrink chicks. And they said they have this video and it's like, sometimes thoughts are just assholes who just want to ruin your day. Yeah. And that's exactly how I had to, to be like, they're, those are just asshole thoughts. They're not real. And just because they're thought doesn't mean they're facts. And, but also like recognizing what they are, but also letting them have like acknowledging them. Cause I think, you know, back in 14, 14 years old I was just suppressing things I was just Mm -hmm. like nope that's not important right now we're not going to deal with that right now and so having to say no we have to feel it but they don't live here Mm -hmm. those thoughts don't live here you can let them pass through but keep going and keep going and I think you know just having that self-awareness to sit because of course I come home and I'm just crying and my mom's like what's going on I'm like I had an anxiety attack I'm going to take a bubble bath later and I'm going to be fine Like I know exactly what I need to do to not suppress this, but also not live in it and just kind of having my moment and recognizing it, giving it time, but not living there. And I think, you know, that we talked about how like just my therapist has given me like, again, that just get it over with phrase. How, Mm -hmm. if I find myself saying it, it's like, Hey, what are you experiencing here? Like what's going on? And then, you know, we talked about how I watched the morning show recently on Apple TV and something there resonated with something that happened in my life. And I thought I was over it and I was fine, but I knew this, my mood, I was like moody and just kind of, uh. and it's like, Hey, why are you feeling this way? Like you, you're having a good day. Like what's going on, but realizing like, Oh, you probably need to talk about that with your therapist. Cause that's not nothing. And so kind of just having that self-awareness and that take a step back and realizing, and also like apologize, like, or just taking accountability of just saying, like, I've had to say, like, sorry, I, like, I'm feeling a certain way because X, Y, Z happened today and it mm-hmm. made me think of this. But, like, I apologize if I snapped at you or, like, mm-hmm. just kind of having to take your responsibility um, for it. So those are the kind of thing I mentioned, you know, I will not go work out. I work at Hot Works in the sauna and I will say, 
you have not eaten today, you, you're not going. Mm-hmm. Like I know you have your yoga class, but you're going to be working out in 127 degree weather and you didn't eat today. So you're not going like just having to discipline myself, even though I'm 32 years old, I have to be like, nope, you don't get to You're like, if you go home and eat and do this and this, then you can go work out, but you're not yeah. doing that. Cause again, you could literally hurt yourself and just kind of having that realizing your worth. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's like something that if anyone's out there and they probably do feel worthless and they feel like they don't deserve good things and just not listening to those lies anymore and just knowing I do deserve good things and I do deserve, like, I deserve to eat a cookie. Mm-hmm. And I know that sounds silly out loud, but those are times where I was like, no, you, yeah. you didn't move your, like, I can't use Fitbits. I can't do anything that like tells me about my action. Like, and it's crazy because as soon as I let all of that go, I feel like I'm the healthiest I've ever been. Mm. I love my body, which has been a long time. Like it's been, it's so, I mean, I, again, I give credit to God, but like as soon as I let go, it was like all these things became so much more simple. Cause it was like, I was grasping onto the control to control it. Like you said, it eventually started controlling me. And then I just was like, I don't want to do this anymore. Yeah. And just, and then it was like, Oh, that's so easy. <laughs> yeah so easy yet so hard and so I think too for so many of us instead of taking that time to recognize when things are triggering for us and when things come up or when when these thoughts come in we're just like we just keep going we just Mm -hmm. keep pushing through and say you know and push it aside and suppress it because we've sort of been conditioned to think that we have to power through this that we have to be okay that we have to be strong or whatever it is for you know it looks different for everybody based on like you said all of Mm -hmm. these things you sort of are conditioned growing up and but like to be able to recognize now start to recognize when those thoughts happen and to be able to connect them with these emotions and to be able to sit with them and either accept them for what they are or, or negate them and say, no, that's not true. That's false is really is the only way to start getting down and digging deeper and to say like these beliefs that I've been conditioned to believe about myself based on these experiences that I've had and the people around me and all these things that have happened to me that are beyond my control are not necessarily true. Yeah. And I'll, and the big one, you know, for you and I both is mm-hmm. this idea of worthlessness or not being lovable and like not being worthy of all these things. And yeah. and it is takes a lot to say, no, I am. Yes. I definitely am. And the more that comes out in ways that we're able to then find tools to, to cope with that, the less we're going to, you know, we're going to end up where yeah. we were, where we're looking yeah. for other things outside of, you know, the, the healthy things to deal with it. And I think it's, it's, I, I, I'm grateful. I'm, I, I think it's really special that we're able to share this yeah. now today because we have come a long way. And I yes. think where we were a couple of years ago, we were really, just like you said, we thought we had figured it out. Yeah. We were, we were telling you, know, we were yeah. telling people what was going on in our lives. We had admitted we're that like, yeah, we I were struggling. Yeah, like, I have depression and anxiety and I'm going to tell you about it, but we had not dealt with, yeah. we had not done the work yet. Yeah. And that was very evident in, in our relationships and the things that were happening to us. And so I, I'm like, just to be able to share this experience with you mm-hmm. and have these conversations mm-hmm. with you and know that like how far we've come, like yes. I'm proud of us. I'm proud of us too. And I think you I'll try to use this as a segue because, you know, for a while, you know, we talk about how it's lonely and I really do want to preface that or like emphasize, that's a emphasize <laughs> that finding your tribe is very important with 
something like this. And I know it's hard. And I had someone who I thought was my tribe Mm -hmm. and I conveyed to this person that I, I had relapsed as you might say. And this person turned it all on me and said, like, why can't you see you like the way that we see you and just kind of put more like you already like I already had shame <laughs> and this person just put more shame on me. Mm. And this person had been someone who I could call and I didn't know what to eat that night. Like it was someone, you know, it kind of almost felt like betrayal. And so you kind of have to start from the ground okay, like who are my people then? Because who can I convey this with? And this is something that like, I want people if they're experiencing this, like, you know, you have to be vulnerable, but be smart about it at the same time. And just, you know, some people might hurt you, but like last year I had that anxiety attack and my friend was planning her wedding. And I was like, I just, I can't go home. I knew if I went home, something's going to happen. And she's like, come, we're doing stuff for the wedding. But like, and I was like, I don't care as long as I'm alone. And I mean, I'm not alone and I am with people and I can do it. And um, I remember like that was the day I'd found out like my grandfather was really sick. So it was just, again, feeling all this con- like loss of control. And I just called her and I was like, and I didn't go, in, I didn't have to go into detail. I didn't yeah. have to do anything. She just has created a safe space for me to be like, hey, I just can't go home. I just need to come home and she like come over to your house. And she's like, great. And like, there are people who, you know, I think if there's people out there struggling, like just kind of, you know, you almost need like a code word or do something that like, Hey, like just surrounding yourself is such an important part. Cause I do feel like what hurt us was that we were hurt and we also like, didn't look for comfort. Like, cause again, we thought, we didn't deserve it. And yeah. that's a whole thing. Yeah. But it's also like being vulnerable and saying like, Hey, like, it's so funny. Cause I put it in a blog post 2018. Cause I thought I was doing the work yeah. and <laughs> someone reached out to me and she's like, Hey, I battled this with this in high school, like solidarity. I'm right there with you if you ever need anything. And this person has become a great friend of mine. And I remember like, she's gotten married, she's like pregnant and she's t- said things. And I'm like, Hey, like how is like, like, how, how are you accepting your body changing? Because that's something that's been a fear of mine if I got pregnant. Like, would mm-hmm. I accept my body changing? Like, would I reject it or accept it? Like, and it's been so nice to have just that person who who really does know what it feels like to be alone and just hurt, like... And again, I don't know, we'd have, we've never discussed, like, details of hers, but it's just nice to know that someone out there has experienced something similar to what you were experiencing to say hey, how did you get through this? Like, Um, hey, how does your significant other support this? Because mm -hmm. that's something that like, I know, you know, you think it goes away, but I can just know if I started dating someone, like if I have a bad day, it's going to be like, oh God, like, how do I disclose this to them? And how do I say, because you haven't been listening, the (laughs) couple of, couple of people haven't been supportive of that. So it's just kind of asking her like, hey, how did you go about having that conversation with him and whatever, but just having a tribe and I know you just, again, ignore the thoughts that make you feel like you're alone and, you know, well, let them exist, but don't believe them and just kind of find the people that you feel like you can share that with who will side you. I mean, you created a safe space where whenever you posted, hey, if you want to come and talk, like I knew that that would be a, a safe space to come and talk about this journey because it's been a wild one, yeah. but I do feel like it needed to be shared because... You too. And I'm, I'm, I am, again, I'm so glad you are sharing this. Um, a lot of what I wanted to, really wanted to do 
moving forward with this podcast is share more about the stuff that we don't necessarily talk about because you know who knows who knows how to how to yeah. share that with a person you care about uh and so you being able to do this in this mm-hmm. space is so powerful and imagine like what that's going to do for somebody who's who hasn't been able to say it out loud or even accept within themselves that they have a problem that they're struggling right. with because that that you know that's the first part of it is even admitting it to yourself mm-hmm. and so you know, if we're able to get to a space where we can share these things with other people, uh, then I think that's going to make us see this community that we have around yes. us of people that are there to support, even if we're not necessarily dealing with the exact same thing. Um, because, But because this is a topic that is so that you know, we don't necessarily understand a lot about. And even I know like therapists and things don't necessarily because it, it can be different. It looks so different for it's everybody. A, such a gray area yeah illness because there's orthorexia there's like it's just a whole like if you go down the rabbit hole it's a lot and you're just like well do I have this or do I have that or do you like that's how I felt because I only knew of two and Which I was like I'm not overwhelming yes. and then you're already overwhelmed yes. by this problem so yes. I can't and so and that's why I was like we have to talk about this and we might not get it right like I don't know exactly right. you know I don't know exactly what we're you know what the best treatment is but that, I think that's because it looks different for everybody yes. and I'm so glad that you were able to get the help that you need and I'm really you know I'm excited to see you on this recovery journey I love it I love this for you I I I can see, you know, I can mm-hmm. see how, how all this work is, yes. is impacting you and affecting you. And I'm, I'm glad you're able to share this, share this yes. with us today. So as we wrap up in like the last five minutes, it, what is one thing that you would want people to take away from, from your story today? Oh gosh. Um, you gave us a lot of good stuff yes, already. But. <laughs> um, it's not your fault. Yeah. Not to pull a good little hunting <laughs> quote, but you know, I think, you know, there's some things that happen that are out of your control, but that mm-hmm. has nothing to do with your worth and has nothing to do with like, sometimes like things, bad things just happen to good people. And it has nothing to do if you are a bad person or if you were a good person, it doesn't have anything to do with that. And I just think it's important that you move on and not like forget about it, but work through it and pull through it and just see to the other side because there's so much waiting on the other side. So whether, I mean, again, my spirituality plays a big play and I just think, and I'm not going to be one of these people to say you should believe in X, Y, and Z. I think you need to find your belief system Mm. that helps you wake up in the morning and get your day started. Cause that's something that has done miracles. Um, honestly, just to see, I compare myself to two years ago and God has done crazy, crazy, amazing things in me and in other people that I'm so honored to do, but I wouldn't have, if I didn't just pull through, I think I wouldn't have seen it. So Mm -hmm. that's my one thing. Yeah. I love that. And it's so interesting as we have these conversations, that's, that's really been the connecting factor. That's Mm -hmm. what people keep coming back to is this idea. It's not your fault. It's your worth that there's nothing wrong with you. You don't need to be fixed. We're just dealing with all these things the best way we possibly can. And at the end of the day, we're gonna like we're running into these things that we can't handle yeah. anymore and that's when we need to reach out and ask for support and that's totally okay too uh so thank you yeah, thank, thank you so you. much for being here i'm happy to be here and thank you all for listening um we'll be back in the next episode